0: Good morning. Hey, glad you guys are here to worship with us this morning. And um, I mentioned something in the first service. I want to mention it this service as well, uh, because I do a terrible job personally of, of recognizing and just thanking different people that serve. Um, but one of the, the groups that serve every Sunday morning and just helping and blessing others are our sign language folks over here, Ms. Rebecca and Miss Tara. Will you guys just give them a round of applause? Yes. They do an awesome job. They really do. And I have learned a few things of sign language from these people. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, okay? The first thing is good morning, right? Good morning. And then a different one, a little more rough around the edges, is what's up, gangster, right? Okay, very good. So. <laughs> I have fun with that, but thank you guys for doing that. We're blessed. There's a lot of people that serve in different ways in the church, and we are blessed, and, and I don't do the best job of saying thanks, so thank you guys for doing that. Hey, I want to start off this morning by asking if you guys know what a certain term means, and I'm sure, I'm sure you guys do. Do you guys know what a selfie is? Okay. Surely every person in this room knows what a selfie is, when if you don't... Okay, take a picture of yourself with your phone facing you with whatever in the background. That is a selfie, all right? And I bring that up because whether you believe it or not, the Word of God talks about selfies, and we'll get there here in a minute. But there's a lot of debate over the selfie. I actually looked up the selfie and where it came from and when the first one was taken and things of that nature. And some people believe that there's this guy that perhaps took the first ever selfie in the year 1839. His name was Robert Cornelius, and he took what he called a self-portrait with a camera. Now, I don't think that was probably a selfie. There's other resources out there that would say that the first selfies became popular or became evident in 2000. 2001 when there's a group of young people from Australia that created a website that was specifically only for uploading pictures of yourself the selfie but the first time it was ever used this word selfie was in 2002 according to my research in the world famous Google okay but here's the thing I personally I'm not a giant fan of selfies and I know that when I start start talking about selfies this morning some of you might be feeling a little nervous you might be the type that just really enjoys selfies and you're like oh boy pastor Clint's about to tell me how horrible I am for taking selfies I want to just tell you they are okay they are okay hear me understand that I myself well I'm not a giant fan of them I have taken many selfies in my day and I want to put everybody at ease by showing you some of the selfies I've taken a few years ago and and this is in 2012 no not 2012 sorry this was for my 12th wedding anniversary with my wife a few years back I took her to 12 different places that were significant to our first 12 years of marriage and we took a selfie in front of them okay Not only that I bought a selfie stick to make this happen I mean that's 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 really selling out to the process So listen first top left I'll go through this cuz it's good for me it makes my heart happy Top left, that's in front of our high school where we met and we started dating. You go to the right, then those tennis courts. My wife taught me how to play tennis, and we had so much fun getting to know each other by playing tennis. But then also in that memorial right there in front of us for my wife's little brother who died when we were dating. Um, next to the right, that's at Missouri State. We both went to Missouri State University here in town. Now the last top right corner, you can see her finger. She's pointing at that Cardinals banner. That's here in town at the Springfield Cardinals. And the the significance of that was I proposed to my wife in St. Louis and then we went to a Cardinals baseball game after. But I wasn't gonna drive her up to St. Louis just for a selfie, you know. So that was about as close as we could get right there. And I put that on there too because the Cardinals are God's team and everybody should remember that. Okay, (laughs) moving on. (laughs) The middle, bottom, or the middle row on the left, that is in front of Evergreen Church where my wife and I got married, which was awesome. And Evergreen's the church that birthed Emmaus, which is awesome. Next, that's the picture, of the first house we lived in. Now, the next one, you might be confused. Like, why are you outside of Chili's? That's a Chili's deal in the background. You guys, like, really love Chili's to go eat there or something. No. After, after, I mean, there's nothing wrong with Chili's. If you like Chili's, that's fine. But... After we got married, we moved to South America and lived in Chile for a while, and so that's the significance there. And I wasn't going to go to Chile for a a selfie also, okay? Next, that's the first house we bought when we came back from Chile, bottom left. That's Cox South Hospital, where our first child was born. Pretty significant moment in our life. Next, that's the house we bought out in God's country in Rogersville, Missouri. And that's where we still live. To the right of that is Mercy Hospital, because we love all the hospitals. And that's where our other daughters were born. And then the bottom right is in front of the Christian County Courthouse, where we adopted our, our son from there. So, listen, everybody take a deep breath this morning. I'm not against selfies. Can you see this? So as I talk about selfies this morning, you can remember Pastor Clint is not against selfies. He took 12 of them with a selfie stick on his anniversary. Okay. Now that we've settled that, we can move on and look to see the word of God and where it talks about selfies. So um, let's pray actually, let's pray. And then we're going to look at a passage in second Timothy this morning. Father, I love you. Thank you for these people that are here this morning to worship you, Lord, that, that have a hunger to know your word and to walk in obedience to you. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that this morning I would be forgotten. Lord, that, that everything that goes on here, Lord, would, that it would just be about you. Lord, that you would be exalted, you would be glorified, that your Holy Spirit in the presence of God would just meet with each of us in a way that changes us, Father. Reveal yourself even to us as we're here together in new ways that we've never experienced before, Father. And for those that don't know you that are here this morning, I pray, Lord, that they would be overwhelmed by your presence, by the love of the body of Christ and the love of Jesus that is there for them, the gift of God for the salvation of mankind. And Lord, that you would do in all of our hearts what only you can do. So Lord, we give you this time. Do with it as you please. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So our text this morning, 2 Timothy chapter 3, we're going to look at verses 1 through 5, and you will quickly see that the Word of God talks about selfies here. All right. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, For people will be lovers of selfies. You see it right there. That is in the word of God. People will be lovers of self. And then it goes on. It lists all these other things. It says lovers of money. Proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people. There is a lot in that text for sure that's worthy of, of looking into. But this morning, I believe that the Lord wants us to focus on the first thing that it says there, that people will be lovers of self. It's pretty incredible to me that it says, in the last days, there's going to be all these difficulties. And then the very first thing that it says, one of the reasons that things are going to be difficult is because people will be lovers of self. And in many ways here, we're talking about the body of Christ will become so focused on ourselves that we will be consumed with ourselves and it's going to cause great difficulty. And this is a daily struggle. Like I hope you guys know this. When I, the things that I'm going to share this morning, I'm not saying that I've got this figured out. In fact, I really believe that I know what I'm talking about because of how much I struggle with this, of putting myself at the center of everything in, in life. In my life, in my marriage, in how I raise my kids, and how I pastor the church—like it—it's it, a daily struggle to not make everything about me and what I want, what I like, what I desire, what I thinks best, what I, 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 me, me, me. But yet the word of God, and we're going to see other scriptures, that talk, it talks about how dangerous it is to put yourself at the center of your world and your life. Because the truth of the matter is, friends, the only thing that will make life go like it's supposed to is when Christ is at the center of your life. When he is the focus, when he is your treasure, when he is your everything, But unfortunately, what we like to do and what creeps into our lives is we begin to put ourselves in the center. We sit on the throne and we decide everything rather than allowing the King of kings and Lord of lords to be on the throne. And we walk in humble submission to the ways of God. I mean, think about this morning. Even when you came in, this happens in the church even so much. Perhaps you came in this morning, what I would say, stuck in selfie mode. All right? You came in and you thought, man, where do I want to sit? Who do I want to sit by? I hope the pastor shares a message that I will get something from, that I like. And I hope the worship team plays songs that I like and don't play that song that I don't care for. Like Even you come into church sometimes and you're in selfie mode and it's all about you and what you want and you desire and all these things. And it's a dangerous, dangerous thing. But if there's one thing I would encourage you and myself this morning to do is to take ourselves out of that selfie mode where we are the focus, the center of everything. Because like I said, when Jesus is at the center of your life, you experience life at its fullest, at its greatest. It's how we were actually wired to be in fellowship with the Lord and to follow Him and to know Him intimately, to let Him give us our identity in Christ. All these different things, but it comes with not being focused and living for self, but treasuring God and living for Him. I think that's one of the greatest secrets to having joy in life. Honestly, some of the most miserable people I've ever met And even ones that maybe we all know are the ones that live just for themselves all the time. They're some of the most depressed, miserable people in the world. We read studies about that stuff all the time. And I don't know about you, but I want want just like in the Lord's Prayer. Think what we pray in the Lord's Prayer. We pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I don't know about you, but that's Jesus teaching us how to pray, what we ought to pray for, what we ought to desire. And one of those things is that his kingdom and what's going on in heaven would take place here on earth. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, do you know what heaven is like? Because if we want what heaven is like here on the earth, it's important that we know what's going on in heaven and what that looks like. So look at Revelation real quick. Chapter 5, yes, chapter 5, verses 11 through 14. Look at this picture. It says, Then I looked, and I heard around the throne, and the living creatures and the elders, the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Pretty powerful, amazing stuff. But what's going on in heaven? Everybody is focused on the Lord. They're focused on God and worshiping him and saying, worthy are you. Nobody's concerned with themselves. They're not focused on themselves. They're focused on the Lord. That's where their attention, their affection, their praise is all centered around. And so if we want heaven on earth, we've got to stop focusing on ourselves so much and fix our eyes on Christ and worship him and praise him and live for him. That's part of it. In Matthew chapter 16 verses 24 and 25, Jesus, he tells the disciples some things here. What it looks like to follow him. And listen what it says. It says, Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Now here's, I need to tell you guys a couple things. I might be getting ahead of myself. I want you to understand very clearly this morning. I am not saying, and the word of God is not saying, to think badly about yourself. That is not the truth. To to die to yourself and not live for self doesn't mean you think of yourself in a way that is bad. Because you ought to think of yourself in the way that the Lord thinks about you. He is your identity, Okay, he tells you who you are. And according to God, each and every one of you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are made in the image of God. And before the foundations of the universe, he had you. You specifically in mind, and he had you to be born in this very day and age that you could fulfill your God-given purposes for his glory and for his kingdom and for your good. Like, you matter so much to God, and he loves you, and he has incredible plans for your life. But I can promise you, and we're going to keep reading, that the way you experience God's love and plan and the satisfaction and peace and joy and purpose for your life is not living for yourself, but living for the Lord. So understand, I'm not telling you to think bad about yourself. But it's crazy. When you die to yourself and begin to live for Christ You find life. And hear what it said in Matthew chapter 16. Jesus tells his disciples what it looks like to follow him. And you are a disciple of Christ as well. These things should be characteristics of your life. And he says to deny yourself. Don't live for self in selfie mode. You deny yourself. So that means you put aside self-righteousness. You put aside your self-indulgences, desires, ambitions, thoughts, your plans, your dreams, all these things. For the Lord. But here's the thing. Don't think about that also as loss and a bad, terrible life. Sometimes you think, okay, if I'm supposed to die to all these things of self and live for God, that means that my life's going to be terrible. It's going to be miserable because I do have these desires. I've got these things I want. And listen, some of those are God given that he wants you to walk into, but you'll walk into those with the most fruit when you do it for his glory and not putting yourself at the center of it. But we deny ourselves. And when we do that and live out God's plan for our lives, friends, it's the most satisfying. Jesus came to give us life, the word of God says, and to give it to us abundantly. And you will not experience the abundant life of Christ when you're focused on yourself and living for your flesh. It just won't happen. So he tells the disciples, deny themselves. He says, take up your cross. So when the disciples heard this, they understood what that meant because in that day and time, if somebody was going to take up their cross, that meant they were a dead man walking. They were walking and marching to their death, to their crucifixion. And in the same way, when we follow Christ, we're saying, we're walking to our death like the the old us is dead. We don't want to live for ourselves anymore. We want to live for the things of God, the glory of God. We're going to crucify ourselves in many ways so that we can live for God and his glory. And we'll read a scripture about that here in a minute. And then he says, follow me, pursue the Lord, pursue the Lord, walk in his footsteps according to his word and his ways and his power. And then he says to lose their life. Live for yourself and you will die. But when you die to yourself, you will live. That doesn't make sense. But the Apostle Paul even understood that. He's the one who said, To live is Christ, to die is gain. And so he understood that if I'm going to live, I'm going to live for Christ. He's going to be my everything, my treasure, my focus. And to die is, in fact, gain. The only way that death is gain is, number one, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but then two, when you die and you know the truth of God's word, our life isn't actually over. In fact, we get to go and be in the presence of God for all of eternity where things are absolutely wonderful. That is gain. This world isn't our everything. And the cool part is, is when you lay down your life, you will actually find it. Like, there's this paradox in life that that doesn't make sense to us, and the world says this. The world says, live for you. Take care of yourself first and foremost. Do all these things for you to make sure you're having the best life possible. But the Word of God tells us the contrary, that live for God with Him at the center. You love God first and foremost, and you love your neighbors. Like, it's not about you. And when you do, you will actually experience the most abundant life possible. It's the same for marriage. We talk about this a lot, my wife and I, and we got to get better at it too, but with other couples that are getting married, like the, one of the most crazy things in a marriage is that when you actually stop thinking about yourself, and number one, always keep your focus on Christ, But then when you begin to be more concerned about the other in the relationship more than yourself and you seek to serve and sacrifice for them, you would think your life wouldn't be any good because it's all about taking care of the other one. But it's a paradox of life that you will actually be more fulfilled and have more satisfaction when you get your eyes off yourself and begin to live to love and serve the other. It's the same in life when it comes to living for the Lord. Like The most satisfying life is found not living for self, but living for Christ. And think about it. Jesus, his death, his death led to life. When we die ourselves, it will lead to life as well. So take your eyes off of yourself. Look at Christ. Look at others. Look what it says in Philippians chapter two, verses one through three. It says, "So if there is any encouragement in Christ." any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Friends, this is the word of God here. This is not my opinion, okay? It says to do nothing, from selfish ambition or conceit. So we're not talking some things, but in everything, in everything, we don't, we're not to be selfish. We're not to live that way. And in humility, we count others as more significant than ourselves. But remember, what is this not saying? This is not saying, think of yourself as garbage in comparison with everyone else. No, it's not saying that. You understand who you are in Christ, and you root yourself in that, and at the same time, you live with humility, thinking, counting others more significant than yourself. You're living not for self, but for others with the foundation and the security of who you are in Christ. It's not telling you to think badly about yourself. And so, I mean, think about it. Think what the church would be like if we could just put this into practice, Where instead of coming to church and gathering and fellowshipping with other believers, if we weren't stuck in just like what I want, what I think I need, with all this like self-centered focus, and we came and and we put this into practice where we we weren't selfish with the things we did. From the simplest of things, like I'm going to park on the other side of the parking lot so other people can have a closer spot and can walk into church easier. I I mean, little things. Maybe nobody would come in the church, actually. Maybe we'd all be stuck at the door saying, no, you go first. No, you go first. I insist. No, I insist. Really, you know, I don't know if that would happen or not, but it'd be interesting. So next week, if nobody's in the church, I'll know what's going on, okay? But I mean, think about it. If we came in here with a heart, instead of like what I'm going to get out of this and what I need and this and that, and we came in with the focus of, man, how can I bless other people? How can I encourage other people and pray for people in the body of Christ? Think how transformational our gatherings would even be. And you know why this is important? One of the reasons this is so important is because in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it tells us that each one of us, each one of you has been given a gift from God, if not multiple gifts from God that are to be used in the fellowship of believers to build up the body of Christ. Look Look in 1 Corinthians 12 real quick. Look in First Corinthians twelve, if I can get there. First Corinthians twelve. Let's start like in um, in verse four. Listen to what it says, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. It says, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. Listen to verse 7. To each is given, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Each one of you, God has gifted in a special way that the presence, the Holy Spirit of God and the gifts of God will be present, manifest, come out of you when we gather together to build up for the common good, the good of others. And so when we come and meet It's so important that we're not stuck on selfie mode because when you're stuck, focused on yourself, you're not gonna use your gifts to build up others because you're more focused and consumed with yourself. And so if we want the body of Christ to thrive and to be as healthy and strong as possible, we've got to be focused on Christ and focused on others. And when we come together, use those gifts that God has given you to build up the body of Christ. It's so important, so important. Think about Jesus also. He's our perfect example for everything. He came to serve, not to be served. His life, if there's anybody that could have made life all about him, it's Jesus. The son of God, but instead he came to serve, not to be served. And he came to give his life, his life as a ransom for many, the word of God says, for the the life of mankind, for those that would choose to accept the gift of Christ. Like he laid his life down for the good of others. And as Christ's followers were to be imitators of Christ, and we must therefore live in the same manner, not for self but for God and his glory, with our eyes not focused on ourselves. Listen to Galatians 2:20. It says, "I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me." This is what we're talking about. When we gave our lives to Christ, what we're saying is that my life is no longer my own. It belongs to you. I, Clint, have been crucified. I have been killed. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. That's amazing, number one, that the spirit of the living God lives in us. But what it also says is to live for the Lord is to be crucified with him. So where we are not, are the, like honestly, here's the thing we have to understand. When we are in control and we are leading and guiding our lives and living in the flesh, it leads to death and destruction. That's what happens. Left to ourselves, there is a, it says, I think it's in Proverbs, it says that there's a way that seems right to man, but in the end, it leads to death. Left to ourselves, we will take ourselves down a path that is not God-honoring That's just simple. We need the Lord and the Spirit of the living God working in and through us. Friends, listen, true life, true life is found in losing your life and living for the love of Christ and living for the Lord. I mean, imagine how awesome the body of Christ could be, if we would just take hold of this. When, he, when we're talking about this in 2 Timothy, I mean, this is the body of Christ we're talking about here. These are the things that we're going to see taking place. And I would argue, if you go and look at that whole list, we see all of it. And it starts out by people who will be lovers of self. You should, don't think bad of yourself. Like, I got to say that over and over. You, you need to see yourself as the Lord sees you, and he loves you so much. And when you are in Christ, there is zero absolutely zero condemnation his grace is sufficient for all those sins okay for the hiccups along the road take comfort in that and peace in that for sure and but remember there is an enemy that we face as well his name is satan and he has goals and motives as well to steal kill destroy And that's what he wants to see happen to you. And sometimes I think we don't always understand some of his tactics. But think even back to the garden. He told Adam and Eve, oh, surely you won't die. Right? And then he says this. He says, "Um, for God knows when you eat of it, of the fruit is talking about, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. You notice what Satan is not saying here? He's not saying, look at me and follow me. He's telling them to think of themselves. He's saying, then you will be like God. And in that moment, they are stuck in selfie mode. They're thinking about, oh, I can be like God. It's about them. Satan didn't say, look at me or follow me. He said, look at you. It's so one of the ways that Satan will work is by handing us a mirror that we just walk around with looking at ourself. Because it leads to destruction. We have to have our eyes focused on Christ. Christ has to be at the center of our lives. I mean, everything. The, Jesus has to be the center of our church. Like, that's even a thing. That sometimes, you know, and and, I, and well, this is one of the things that I'm thankful for our elders and, and that they help us along and we, we try to really think about this. Like We don't want the name Emmaus to be known. We're more concerned with Jesus to be known, like he's the one that needs to be known by people. We don't want to build up this church for the sake of Emmaus. We want to build up the body of Christ for the name of Jesus Christ. But so often, even in the church, we can be more focused on building our name, our kingdom, Emmaus, than we are with the kingdom of God. And that's a church stuck focusing on self and not ultimately the kingdom of God. It can creep into all areas, and it's super, super dangerous. All right, sister, Kayla 80, put your hand up right here. Don't have a heart attack. Put your hand up. This is Miss Kayla. She is one of the most wonderful people in this body of Christ. I love Kayla. Yes. I talked about you in the first service, too, so don't have a heart attack on me. Okay. She posted on Facebook. She is on Facebook taking selfies. Can you guys believe that? I'm just But she did. She posted on Facebook, I think it was yesterday, or maybe the day before, she posted a quote by Corey Ten Boom. And I loved it. It was so good. If you don't know who Corey Ten Boom is, you need uh, to read about her life. And all absolutely incredible. But the quote that she posted I thought was so amazing and in many ways fitting for this morning. And she said this, If you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. But if you look at Christ, you'll be at rest. And I love that because when our eyes are fixed on Christ and focused on Christ, the author, perfecter of our faith, there is, it's just, everything is in alignment at those moments, in those times. When he's our focus, our treasure, all those different things, he's our aim. I always think about, like when I think about focusing on Christ, this is weird because I'm weird, but you, you guys go to parades and you see horses in parades that have the blinders on like this. I love that. Like in some ways that's what I want for my life is to have those blinders on. Like they can see the distractions of the world. But they can see them far away, and the closer those distractions get, they fade away. They can't see them anymore, so they're focused on on what is ahead of them. And that's like what I want from my life, to be just focused on Christ. Like the distractions are out there, the temptations are out there, but as they get closer, like you can't see them anymore because you're just fixed on what's ahead. You're fixed with your eyes on Christ. That is where life comes, true life. What did Jesus say? He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Guys, when you don't live for yourself and you live for God, like there is life that is beyond any other option out there. It's more satisfying, fulfilling. It really is. Like one of the things non-believers have such a hard time believing is that when you give your life to Christ, if they really understand the gospel, if you really understand the gospel, you know that your life is no longer your own. And that can be a really scary thing. You think, okay, I'm not going to have any fun anymore. I've got to just live according to all these rules and this, that, and the other, and life's going to just suck. Some of you, that's probably your story. Before you came to the Lord, you thought that's what life's going to be like when it comes to following Jesus. But everything that the Lord asks of us and he tells us to do and how to live and how to focus in our lives, it brings the greatest life possible. It's the most fulfilling. It doesn't make sense on our heads, but I'm telling you it's true. And there's testimony after testimony amongst the fellowship here this morning that could tell you that very thing. Living to self for self is miserable. It really is. But living for God and his glory and loving others in the way that we should love ourselves, man, it's, it brings life. It really does. Okay, so here's the question. We read stuff. We know what God's word said. My, says. My question was, okay, how do we respond, right? Like how do we fight against the temptation to put ourselves at the center of life, of everything. I mean, guys, it's crazy. I think about myself so much. Like, I really do. Even in my serving people sometimes, I'm thinking about me as I'm doing it. Like, sometimes we do things because we want the attaboys, the pat on the back, right? Sometimes even in my serving of others... I'm thinking about my schedule and how I can serve people because I'm supposed to, but in a way that's really good for me. Like, it creeps into all these areas. It really does. We, and so, Lord, that's just a confession. Like, friends, I'm telling you, I'm not good at this. But the Lord's going to help us all through it. And so one of the things, number one, we got to believe the Word of God. Like, if you don't believe the word of God, that this is actually where you will find life in its fullest when you die to self and live for the Lord, if you don't believe that, then you're not going to live it out. So you've got to believe that God's word is true and that what it says is for your good so that you can have the best life, the most fulfilling life possible. But then secondly, I really believe that we have to fix our minds on the Lord. We have to set our minds on the things of God. Look at what it says in Romans chapter 8, uh, verses 5 and 6. It says, For those who, who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. You see what it's saying there? You set your minds on the flesh, on yourself, and what's good for you, you're going to reap those things. But if you want to live for the things of God, for the Spirit, you've got to sow, set your mind on the things of the Lord, not on the things for yourself and of yourself. We've got to think about the Word of God, it says, is that, Lord, that we would um, think on what is praiseworthy and noble and excellent, pure. Like that's what has to consume our minds. And when our minds are consumed and focused on the right things, the actions follow suit. You reap what you sow. You sow to the flesh, you'll reap of the flesh. You sow to the Spirit, you'll reap of the Spirit. Think of what it says in uh, Romans chapter 12. It says, how are we going to be renewed? In Romans chapter 12. We're to set our mind. Let's look at Romans 12. Here we go. Romans chapter 12, verses one. Listen to this. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. That sounds like somebody that's just all about themselves, right? No, 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 no. Our, Our lives are a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. But then listen to this. It says, do not be conformed to this world, But be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is acceptable and perfect. We will be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And so as we feast on the word of God and we keep our minds focused on the things of God, we will be renewed and not live for self, but live for the things of God. So much starts in our minds and getting our mind right. So set your minds on the things of the Lord. And then, and to go along with that, I would say if we want to live for the Lord and not in selfie mode, we've got to walk in the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, that says this in verse 16, but I say walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And so, like, this can be really confusing. I think we make too much of this sometimes. Like, okay, we have got to walk in the Spirit, but what on earth does that mean? Like, how do I walk with the Spirit? Well, guys, there, there's, it, bring it down just very simple. Walk and talk with God like you would a friend. And I love, there's some people who give this idea, this illustration of spiritual breathing. The reality that when you're just going throughout your day, you're exhaling praise and you're speaking praise to God. You're saying, God, you are good. Lord, thank you for my family. Lord, thank you that I have food to eat in front of me. Thank you for this beautiful sunset. Lord, I need your help in this moment right now. Like, it's just talking to God. And there's also an element of confession, with it as well, Lord forgive me for what I just said to that person Lord forgive me for how selfish i 'm being right now Lord forgive me for how mad I got at my children in this moment Lord forget like it's exhaling the, the the junk in many ways and inhaling the truth of god 's word and taking hold of his promises it's this ongoing moment by moment thing and and it's this it's literally like walking and talking with God is walking in the spirit don 't complicate it too much but here 's the beautiful thing when you 're walking in the Spirit, and you're just talking with God, little bitty things, back and forth, confession, praise, speaking the word. Who are you focused on? God. You're not focused on self in those moments when you're walking with God. It's why when you worship God and we have a time of praise and worship here, man, it's beautiful because He He should be anyway. You're focused. When we're saying these words, it's just like expressing our heart to God. And sometimes it's confession, sometimes it's praise, sometimes and there's a lot of aspects to it. But it's important. And when we walk in the Spirit, we will not gratify the desires of the flesh, the word of God says. So friends. Remember one thing, selfies are not bad, okay? Hear me, look at me, trust me here. When you post a selfie later, I'm not gonna think, oh, that sinner, okay? I mean, they are not bad. They are not. But man, sometimes if we're not careful, that's kind of how we can live our life, just at the center of everything. We really can. So here's a few questions for us as we wrap up our time to think about. Number one, are you stuck in selfie mode? you know on your on your camera on your phone you you push the button to put it on yourself you just push that button it flips it around and then you can look at everybody else not yourself it's really it's really a good thing do that with your life like just try to flip it around it's important that you spend time with the lord i mean if you're going to be a good lover of god and lover of people you have to have that time with the lord and stuff so that's a good way to to take care of yourself that you can therefore love people but man Are you at the center of everything? Think about just how you think. And then second, do you count others more significant than yourself? Like, are you considering how you can use the God-given gifts that you have? How the Spirit is going to manifest the gifts of God through you to bless other people? Are you too busy thinking about yourself to even think about others and using those gifts for building up the body of Christ? And then third, how can you spend more time in the presence of God? In the presence of the Lord. I'm really convinced that the more that we can just abide in Christ and be in His presence, I man. When you're in the presence of God, you know you just care about the Lord. Like you're not thinking about yourself if you're truly in the presence of God. You're not thinking about yourself. Like remember what we read in Revelation. Like people are in the presence of God. Not a one is thinking about themselves. They're praising God. They're worshiping Him. That's their focus. That's their aim. That's their goal. And so when we're in the presence of God, it's the same way. And friends, listen, start small. If you have to start small, that's great, because you will reap what you sow. And so if it means spending five minutes a day in the Word and five minutes in prayer, man, start there. Don't set these crazy goals. I'm kind of like that. My wife makes fun of me all the time. Like, I'm very drastic. If I decide I'm going to do something, I set these goals that are pretty much unattainable, and then I fail. So I'm really good at failing, okay? But, like, start simple and small, Because the cool part is when you spend time in the presence of of the Lord and you taste and see that He is good, you will desire more and more and you will build on that. And when you sow those things, you will reap a harvest. In the spiritual, you will reap. And that will therefore create in you the the desire to spend even more time. So start simple. Start small. Honor the Lord in that if that's what it takes to get started. And um, like I said, guys... Remember, there is zero condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The grace of God is absolutely beautiful, wonderful. It really is. And I, I will be the first to confess this morning, I am stuck in self so much, it's just crazy. It really is. And so I'm, I, along with, with you guys, will be praying and seeking the Lord to help me live in a way that's just not so focused on me. Because I know that God has greater for me when I'm living with Him at the center and not me at the center. I want to encourage you guys to do the same. Listen, when we're leaving here in a minute also, if you want to take a selfie with me, I'm totally cool with that, okay? I had five people after the first service come up to me, can I get a selfie with you? And I was like, sure. And they're like, no, 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 never mind, I don't want to do that. And so if you do, that's okay, we can take selfies, it'll be good, all right? Would you guys stand with me? Let's stand and let's pray. Worship team, if you guys want to come up here. We should maybe take a big group selfie. What do you guys think? Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, let's pray. Lord, I love you. I thank you. I I thank you for your word. Lord, I, I just pray and ask forgiveness for just living so selfishly, putting myself at the center of my marriage, my children, the church. All those things, Lord, I, I confess those things and just ask your forgiveness. And Lord, I pray that we would just be focused on you, Lord, that you would be the center of our lives, truly the center of our lives, Lord, that we would keep our eyes fixed upon you, that we would just strive to walk and, and obedience to you and walk hand in hand with you, walk in the spirit, Lord, and that we would experience the joy and the life that comes with living for you and, and thinking and counting others more significant than ourselves. Like Brother Bill always says, Lord, I pray that we would just be a blessing, not a messing to people around us, that we would just live to bless those around us and that we would keep our eyes uh, just in the right places. Lord, I pray for this church, too, that we would always be more concerned about the name of Jesus than the name of Emmaus, Lord, that you would be exalted, that we would build your kingdom, not our kingdom here, Father, that we would lay up for ourselves, all of us, treasures in heaven, not here on earth, where the rust and the moths destroy, Father. And Lord, help us remember, like, you have given us your spirit. The spirit of God lives within us. Lord, that we're not to go about this alone. We have the body to help us, the other brothers and sisters, but the spirit that has power is within us. So Lord, may we walk in the power of your Holy Spirit to live for you and your glory and your kingdom. I love you, Jesus. I love you. You are good. It's all in your name we pray.